Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Pex Buzzy. And today we have guest speaker, Dr. Melanie Wilson, a Christian psychologist, a mother of six who became a homeschooler. Dr. Melanie is the author of So You're Not Wonder Woman, detailing the failure of psychology to change her own life. The Organized Homeschool Life, a week-by-week guide to homeschool sanity, and author of Grammar Galaxy Adventures in Language Arts, an elementary language arts curriculum. She is also the host of the Homeschool Sanity Show, a podcast for homeschoolers. In this episode, we talk about how she started her Grammar Galaxy curriculum, what inspired her to pursue it and develop it to what it is today, and why we have to make grammar fun and not a hard journey. She also discusses how most curricula in homeschool is turnkey, and you don't have to learn the subject. Each curricula is written to teach your child and support you as an educator. We also discuss how homeschooling curricula has so much flexibility and how you can choose to continue with the curriculum or you can stop and do other things that you feel may be more suited for your child. Lastly, how you're not going to ruin your child's education. Dr. Melanie says, we're just not that powerful. (laughs) So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Dr. Melanie has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, X Buzzy. And today we have Dr. Melanie Wilson, a Christian psychologist, host of the Homeschool Sanity and author and creator of Grammar Galaxy Adventures in Language Arts, an elementary language arts curriculum. Dr. Melanie, say hello to all our listeners and tell us what is something you think most people don't know about homeschooling. Well, hello, Bex, and thanks so much for having me me on your podcast. So one thing that I think many people who aren't that familiar with homeschooling don't understand is that most homeschool curriculum is turnkey. And what I mean by that is you do not have to learn algebra again in order order to have your student learn algebra in your homeschool. And that really goes for every subject. In fact, some curriculum tells you exactly what to say as the teacher, or it is self-teaching. It's intended to be given to the student who is a reader, or if you're using another medium for curriculum, it's intended to, um, you know, teach your students independently. So um, it's not as difficult to teach your kids at home as you might suspect. Right. That's probably would really help new homeschooling parents, like you said, those who aren't familiar with homeschooling to navigate the aspect of teaching. And it also may be teaching them how to teach when and if they decide to go off of that curriculum and do something different and they can start experimenting. And I think that's probably another 
thing that parents don't realize, right? Like they can experiment, they can go off the beaten path and do some really fun things to pad different curriculum. Absolutely. There is so much flexibility in homeschooling. You do not have to follow exactly, you do not have to follow exactly what a curriculum tells you to do or say or a specific approach would dictate that you say, but instead you can really use your best judgment as to what your student needs to learn, what is most important, and which activities will really teach the best and reinforce the learning uh, for your particular child. And of course, that confidence comes with practice, like any other activity that we engage in. And, you know, along that line, I would just say to new homeschoolers to realize that you're not going to ruin your kids' education. (laughs) You're not that powerful. Um, You know, you would really have to work at it in order to destroy your kids' education. Um, And so because that's the case, you don't have to have everything perfect and understand everything before you just get started. So the best thing to do is just choose an approach Try it, um, see what is working, what is working for you, and then go from there. Do more of what works, less of what doesn't. Is that how you started with your Grammar Galaxy? Well, it is, actually. I have always been someone who I love language arts, all of the language arts, everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) I expected that my kids would be the same way, that they would love it and want to be writers and they would love grammar. Wow, was I ever in for a big surprise. And I had chosen curriculum that was a lot more fun and taught a lot more material than the way that I was taught. And so I was very surprised when uh, my kids absolutely hated it and begged me not to teach it. Uh, One of my sons offered to pay me not to teach it. (laughs) Um, So I, I had to take a step back and say, okay, so I love language arts and I love the way that it was taught to me. Even I was, I was okay with, uh, even though it was a little boring, but I, I thought it was okay. And I had to say, okay, what is going on here? Now, my older children were boys, and I think that played a big role. Like, I learned that one of the reasons my kids hated the actual writing process was because their handwriting was so slow. They couldn't keep up with their own thoughts. And so that uh, became an issue that I could work on with them to get their handwriting speed up to par. But the other thing that I noticed as I was looking through all the curriculum I had collected over the years was that half of the material was repeated year after year. In fact, the parts of speech, the basic parts of speech are taught from first grade through 12th grade. And I liken this to listening to the safety talk on an airplane. (laughs) (laughs) You turn, you tune it out, right? 
You yes. know, it's like, mm-hmm, I've heard it, I've heard it. But the problem is, if my plane started going down, I wouldn't remember anything <laughs> that they had said. Now, of course, it would be because of the emergency situation. But I really haven't learned it, even though I have heard it and heard it and heard it. And I realized that something similar was going on with the teaching of grammar in particular. And I thought that there is was a better way to teach it and because I couldn't find a curriculum that taught that way, I created my own. What a great point on an analogy you made when it came down to the airplane. That is exactly right. I, I know for me, I, I stunk at language arts. And not that I even hated it. I just was not good at it. And for the same exact reason your son was, um, my thoughts went way faster than I could write. I used to always think, man, can I just get like some type of machine to just put on my head and I could just have all my thoughts go, you know, that was, I always thought that I was like, can you stick little stickies on my head and can you just pull out all the information? <laughs> right. Yeah. And with language arts, language arts itself is basically the technique of writing. And for me, like I was always very content based, like I like the content. And so it was hard for me to marry the two. But once I got older, language arts became easier. But that I don't know why now in my older age language arts is way easier than it was when i was and it could have been just all those years of hearing it over i'm probably that kid who just had to hear it ten thousand times <laughs> well it of course is related to practice and experience but one of the things that i realized as a psychologist was that we are expecting kids to utilize abstract concepts in their writing before their abstract reasoning ability has developed. We, we understand that a little bit better when it comes to math um, until the new math kind of came around and we started to try to teach algebra to the youngest learners, which I, I think is just <laughs> very misguided. Uh, we understood that algebra would be taught at eighth grade at the earliest and most typically in the ninth grade. And what I found so interesting was that even my advanced learners, and I taught not only my own kids, but my friend's kids writing, they did not uh, find the ability to incorporate the grammar that they had learned throughout the years into their writing until they were at least eighth or ninth grade. So this is one of the reasons why we we get frustrated as parents, maybe as teachers too, in, in other school settings with kids' writing just not um, being what we would hope. And I think it's really because they just don't have that developmental ability quite yet. And it's no, there's no reason to panic because as soon as that ability kicks in, students make incredible progress. I was amazed by the improvement in writing that I witnessed in my own kids and my friends' kids when they had that abstract reasoning ability. And then one other factor 
that played a huge role, at least in the setting where I was teaching, and that was the peer um, response to writing. So this is what I mean by that. I had a child who is a naturally gifted writer, was totally understood his grammar, understood all the mechanics, but would not capitalize the word I <laughs> in his writing. Uh, would not, you know, capitalize the beginning word of a sentence and use proper punctuation and all those kinds of things until we were in a writing class and he knew he would be handing his paper to his friend sitting next to him who would be reading his paper out loud. Suddenly, he didn't want to appear like he didn't know that he needed to do these things. And that made all the difference for my students. So that's another reason why we shouldn't panic about our kids writing until they get into that beginning high school stage where they care more about other people's judgment of their writing, uh, their grammar, those kinds of things. And that will very quickly speed it along and they'll get up to, you know, up to grade level. That's awesome. And your curriculum is for elementary. So that means you must really have targeted those things that are lacking in your curriculum. Can you talk about that? Yes. So one thing you might ask is why, if kids are not able to incorporate the grammar that they learn, those abstract concepts into their writing until late middle school, early high school, why teach grammar? in elementary school and I think that's a valid question. I mean, you you could skip it depending on what the requirements are for your particular student where you live. You could absolutely skip it and just start it later when kids are developmentally ready. But I have found that most parents feel that grammar should be taught in elementary school and that's just fine. That is just fine. But what I want to do is make sure that the grammar lessons are fun and they're not frustrating because if they are not, if they're boring and they are frustrating, I think we run the risk that a child will say, I can't do it, I'm not a good writer. And as soon as you start talking to them about grammar, they will shut down, they can become phobic of it. Mm -hmm. I know many adults who feel like I'm, I'm horrible at grammar, my grammar's terrible, my spelling is awful, I cannot write. And they're very close to learning because they believe that they're not capable. And so my goal was to make this a fun learning journey for kids to realize it's not that hard. Now, many of these kids, again, are not going to be incorporating exactly what they're learning in the earlier volumes in particular into their writing as they uh, as they go until they get into that upper middle school level, but at least they will have a positive association with grammar before they enter that period so they can really take in the um, the editing, the tips and and that kind of thing that that's really what my goal is for the curriculum not to have, a child be a master grammarian in third grade, <laughs> but to have had 
positive experiences around all things language arts because I don't just teach grammar in the curriculum. But uh, that's, that is the goal. And maybe even if the parents, if mom or dad is using this curriculum along with their child, they will discover, hey, grammar isn't as hard as I thought. So you heard that parent, don't freak out. It's not that a big thing, your kid is gonna get there. And honestly, I never heard of the word grammarian before. So I'm I was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so can you take us through a day of what a lesson would look like? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not gonna be a day. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And, and you know, many new homeschoolers will just grab Grammar Galaxy because they've heard good things about it, you know, especially during COVID. I had parents just buy it and then they were so confused because it wasn't two hours of seat work for their child to keep their child busy. I love no, that. It's not, it, it is not. Well, you know, you might love that, uh, but some parents didn't love that because- Oh no, I mean, I love the fact that's not long. <laughs> oh, I know. But but some parents did not love that because oh. they wanted something to keep their child occupied. And, you know, that's also a misconception that people have is that, well, your child needs to be in the seat from eight to three in order to be doing school. No, of course not. You know that, I know that, but some people don't. And they, they feel like they're shortchanging their child if they aren't keeping them doing worksheets and reading textbooks all day long. And so Grammar Galaxy, a lesson will be a 10 minute story, just one per week. It's a funny story. It's a bit of a mystery where kids are trying to figure out what's going wrong in the galaxy. Uh, there's usually something going wrong on the planets in the galaxy with the uh, planet sentence or planet spelling, that kind of thing, planet composition. That's fine. And, and yeah, kids are trying to figure it out. And eventually they find out what is happening. It's usually the gremlin is causing chaos in the galaxy. And the Royal English children use the Guide to Grammar Galaxy, which has all of these grammar rules. And kids get to see why we have the rules. It's not us trying to make your lives miserable. <laughs> we have real reasons for having the rules and the uh, practices that we do around grammar and writing. And so they get to see what life is like without them. For example, the pronouns become unusable in the galaxy. So everyone has to refer to, and I just use a pronoun there, <laughs> everyone has to use all the names. So if I say we, I have to say Melanie, Bex, Mark, Janet, you know, and it becomes so cumbersome and then kids will are more likely to, to remember. Oh yeah, a pronoun takes the place of nouns and we have them so that writing doesn't become so repetitive and speaking too. It doesn't become so repetitive and cumbersome. So that would be an example of a story that you would read. And I also have the stories in audio for the first three volumes so far. Then most families would do step one of the mission that goes with that story that teaches the concept of pronouns, for example. So step one is going to involve some review of previously covered missions 
And the rest of that step is going to be very uh, easy, fast, and fun missions. So, I mean, missions, I should say, more exercises. So the sentences are, there are just a short, there's just a short list of them. And I ask your student to use a highlighter to select the correct answer. Kids who struggle with their fine motor skills really love that. It just feels so fast and easy. And there is intentionally a lot of white space on the page. And I did this because I noticed how when my kids would look at a page that was just full of exercises, they would say, uh, no. (laughs) Can't do it. I can't do it. It's just too much. And I wanted every student who looked at a page out of the mission manual in Grammar Galaxy to say, oh, I can do that. And so, um, and it's been very effective in that way. So you would just do one 10 to 15 minute step in the mission. And then another day of the week, you would do step two. And that step two always includes an activity that's not seat work. Uh, so it's it's not a board game that you have to laminate. <laughs> uh, I actually thought about doing that. And then I thought, why? I hate that I hate when I have to spend you know an hour preparing this activity so it's not it's not like that at all it's low to no prep for you and then step three could be done on yet a third day of the week and that typically includes more writing there's also an advanced mission an advanced guardian step I should say with step three that either is appropriate for kids who like to write, older students who are kind of brushing up on their grammar, or you could have your reluctant writer dictate to you. The I did this with my kids who were reluctant writers, and I had this fear that, you know, they're going to be 14 years old, dictating to me, <laughs> not wanting to write, and it didn't turn out that way at all. In fact, the more I helped them and allowed them to dictate until their handwriting speed or typing speed later on keyboarding got up to par for them, uh, then then they didn't need me. Uh, they didn't need me to write anymore for them, but it really got them invested in the writing process. So that is what a mission would look like. They get a letter from the Royal English children after they're done with all three steps that tells them what happened in the galaxy because they completed their mission and put things back in order. Thank you, thank you. And then they get the solutions that they can either review independently or with you as the teacher. I love that. That sounds like (laughs) so much fun. I think I would have done so well with that because you're provoking questions and you're provoking curiosity. That is so story-based. That is literally building and we all build stories in our head every single day every moment right right that is really cool and you're also fostering self-discovery like they're discovering the answer on their own you're not telling them this is why we use we they're like oh my gosh i need to use we that is really powerful that's a skill that i feel like a lot of adults don't have that Mm -hmm. critical thinking and that application to you know place the same skill somewhere else. I love that. And by the way, <laughs> I like missions better than exercise. Yes, absolutely. Well, the whole the reason I said exercises is because the whole workbook 
portion that goes with the story is a mission. Then there are three steps. And I didn't know what other word to use (laughs) to describe (laughs) the sentences, you know, that come that come under that step. I love it. So as we're wrapping up, what is the call to action? Where can they find your resources? Where can they connect with you? Where can they, you know, see all of all of your work? Okay, wonderful. So my main website is fun to learn books.com. And it's not the number, it's T-O, fun to learn books.com. And if you put a slash samples onto that URL, you will go directly to all of the levels. We have levels for first and second graders who are beginning readers. You have to be a beginning reader all the way through eighth graders. And you can download a complete sample to try. So it has every part of that particular lesson. So you can really see if it's a good fit for your child. And I am at Grammar Galaxy Books on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find me there. Awesome. I love that. So is there one takeaway you'd want parents to walk away from this conversation with? Absolutely. First of all, you can do it. You can absolutely do this. And of course, I would love to have you purchase Grammar Galaxy. But the truth is, you can make grammar and writing fun even without the Grammar Galaxy curriculum. You just have to, you know, make it short, make the lessons shorter, um, use stories. You can find other stories to uh, that are funny that you can um, help use to teach grammar. You can play games, activities, all those kinds of things um, that will really help your child be prepared to incorporate grammar into their writing once they're developmentally ready. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Melanie. I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing with everybody your resources, your knowledge, your wisdom, the understanding that goes so deep psychologically with, you know, as they grow older children. Thank you so, so much. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email, realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.